Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, someone who jumped off a ship in Bahrain to start hashing and then hashed in the U.S. extensively, becoming the first documented hasher to hash in all 50 U.S. states. Today, welcome on the podcast, Doofus White Boy. Welcome. Thank you, Rob, for having me on. I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about hashing the good old days and the current. Yeah, what about those good old days? Where and when and how was your first hash? My first hash was at Bahrain. I was in the U.S. Coast Guard. I was TAD to the Navy to straighten them out, but, but I failed. I was only a JG, so that makes sense. And some of my fellow Coasties were like, hey, we're going to go to the hash. You should go with us. I'm like, well, well what's a hash? Like, we run and drink beer. You'll like it. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like something I'll like. And I did. And none of those guys stuck with it as far as I know. But uh, first hash was Bahrain hash. And then we, thought we, we had some Bahrain black hashes here and there. And the ship got underway a few times, so... Uh, Probably did just under 10 hashes in Bahrain in the fall of 92. You know what's funny is I thought in the back of my mind I started hashing in 93 until like four months ago when I realized it was 92. I realized I was in Bahrain in 92, not 93. I was off by a year, but I didn't really thought because I got out of the Coast Guard in 94 and it was like something, you know, before then by, a, you know, a year and a half, whatever it was. Hold on, it was, it was 92. <laughs> Shit, I'm coming up on fuck forever. I don't know what the date of my first hash was. I think I know about where it was. I think it might have been near the Tree of Life in Bahrain, but it might mm-hmm. not have been that trail. Um, yeah. I think it was another trail, like a little one. Actually, I think it was at pump number one. <laughs> because there's a pump, there's a little spray-painted gold pump coming out of the ground. Well, well number one. Ah, yeah. For the first well in the Middle East. Oh, oil my well. God. Wow. And just like this little thing, like oil well number one in the Middle East. It's like, Wow. Because, I mean, Bahrain pumped its 20 gallons out, and then, then they found all the, the elephants over in Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you ever, you ever read the um, prize, yeah. the, the history of oil. So, yeah. Like, oh, look at this big mound over there. There's oil seeping out of it. I wonder if there's oil. <laughs> Where next hashing? I took a break from hashing, but I knew it was coming back for me because I was still playing rugby. So between having some small kids and working and things like that, I'm like, well, I'll go back to hashing once I get enough head injuries. And because I tackle like a football player instead of a rugby player, my concussions kept on coming. And then in 97, I decided to hang up my boots and uh, go to hashing full time. And I actually was running a rugby tournament at Duke. I was running a rugby tournament and I did hair to hash run around Duke University and then had the hashers serve the beer to the rugby players so we had a little ah. mix so they didn't they didn't mind the being free help when they're just serving beer to rugby players uh, the tournament had a couple hundred rugby players at it yeah it was a good time that's north carolina and then i moved to my job got a job in jacksonville went to a hash there and it was about mm, 10 12 people and it didn't pick up over time so over time i, I took over the communication system with with a new advanced technology at the time called email so mm. i started collecting emails and there's still the phone hotline going on and so you know when you're going to do a coup you take over the radio tower back in the day <laughs> so i took over the communication system i did kind of a coup because i wasn't the, the person who was thor the wanker to oh yeah yeah, I don't know if he's active these days. Well, he he founded the Jack's Hash. He came up with Daytona, but he moved back to Daytona, and it was held over by a couple hashes in between. But they weren't what I would call uh, competent, and so um, yeah, they were they were nasty. Like okay, there wouldn't be a hash. They, the hotline wouldn't be changed for two months, and then all of a sudden they would change it and say the hash is in an hour. 
<laughs> then you check it two days later. Like, what do you mean? I checked it at one o'clock and the hash was at three. And you, you no, know, that's that's not good. That's not how you run a hash. Like, uh, they were inept. And so I took over the comms and changed the hash time. And this person, you know, like hashes. She's like, well, I'm gonna quit. I'm like, no one's gonna notice. <laughs> That was Jacksonville and probably 98, but I would say that those hashers who I purged did one great thing. They did one amazing thing. Mm-hmm. They gave me my name, so ah. I can't totally ruin that. It's a good hash name. And so when I first started hashing, I, I dressed like I normally dressed growing up in South Florida, where, you know, plaid shorts and maybe a pink polo shirt and a bucket hat. Generally, it looked like I was going golfing and not hashing, which is still what I look like when I go hashing usually. And they're like, you're like the, the whitest guy in America. And, and Golden Boy, who moved to Guam, was from this area. He was hasher in Jacksonville and, and Gainesville at the time. So they're like, boy, and like, so I think Golden Boy is in the back of their minds, so like White Boy, because like the whitest guy in America. Yeah. And like, but that's too nice. So they threw a doofus in the front of it, which works pretty well as a thing. And so I still generally wear plaid shorts when I'm traveling. A few years later, there was this older guy and he's like, I want to name like doofus white boy, like old white guy. So they named him little black girl. <laughs> pretty well. Yeah. And golden boy, uh, some people may know him as tampon or bloody tampon. They... Yes, that, that was too nice. And I like golden boy because it's self-perpetuating. You know, he's a tall, good looking guy. He's a golden boy. So he gets the golden boy name. It's like, well, that's kind of ironic. And he's the only person with a nice name, but he got over there and the Guam people like, we don't like you having a nice name because they were jealous bastards. So they gave him a terrible name, which works out pretty well too. And then Jacksonville, something really about 98, it was really peak hashing in Jacksonville. So KFC and her boyfriend moved into town, Despicable, who's now passed. They're like, we want to hash more. Twice a month isn't enough. We want to hash every week, week in, week out. Them and Chin Deep and Geppetto formed the, the Jack's Beach hash. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll go out there once in a while. And they're running on Wednesdays. And I, and I went to almost every one for the first year. Ah, <laughs> yeah. And so then in 99, we had what we called the, the summer of hash. And so they were hashing every week and we were on Wednesdays and we were doing a hash every Saturday pretty much with the Jack's hash was pretty close and then people were doing full moons and pick up hashes and it was like we were hashing every day and there was pub crawls so Sanity pub crawl was run by Orlando hash and so in our hash ecosystem there there was down south of us in Orlando you had mothballs and derb and rear buccaneer the lovely ladies uh, drippy and down and dirty and Mount Dora and, and they were running Sanity pub crawl we would go down to their events like run them up and then to the north, Savannah hadn't formed up yet. Out west, we were good friends with the Bluxy Hashers, a bump steer and babysitter and disgusting fucking Jag who passed recently. And then the trash would come down sometimes. And I don't know, Hordurv was running it then or was kind of in charge because he was the officer of the motor pool. I don't know if you know, so they had that bus back in the day. They had this bus they'd take around and they kept it working because they also worked at the motor pool. At the base, I guess, a lot of them. So they just use the same parts to keep their crappy old bus working. But once you didn't have a bunch of active duty mechanics at the hash anymore, it's kind of hard to keep a crappy bus running. Yeah. The trash would show up at some events with IE and Hershey Sports and stuff. And then down south, you had some hash that I knew down there because I grew up in West Palm Beach area. So you had Anal Inspector and Patchwork Quilt was down there at that time. And then Virgin Dick in Miami. So it was really a, a wild hash environment in the late 90s. And then 2000, I, I took a different job in Gainesville and moved down to Gainesville, which is only an hour and a half from Jacksonville. So I got back to Jacksonville quite a bit. That's a lot of different place in Florida where it's, it's all hot. 
often wet, and there's very few hills. What's the hashing like in Jackson, those other places in Florida? You know, yeah, most of Florida is pretty flat. Here in, in Gainesville, we have some small rolling hills. I mean, if you're driving, you may not notice as much, but we've got a few hills here. I'll give you the, the MO. So from 97, 2000, I was Jacksonville. From 2000, 2009, I was in Gainesville. 09 to 12 in Miami. And then 12 to 16 in uh, New Orleans. Then now back to Gainesville again. So I've done a loop in hashing pretty much the whole time. South Florida is Obviously, mostly suburban, but there is some shiggy here and there, and they try and seek it out. There's a whole lot of shiggy you haven't seen after a while. And the same with New Orleans. There's only shiggy there. It's like the city park. Otherwise, you just run around the neighborhoods, which is fine. It gets a little bit repetitive, but it, it's a good and it's a good group out there. Say New Orleans is a, a, a mini hub with a lot of clubs. Mm-hmm. New Orleans only has two long-term clubs. That's a New Orleans hash, and it, I'd recommend talking to Piston Penis out there. He's been a long-time mm-hmm. leader of that in the red dress. He doesn't travel a lot, but he's definitely an excellent resource there. But then you have the Voodoo Hash, which has it's generally been the younger hash, and that runs on Thursday nights. And then there's the Crescent Shiggy was a monthly out-in-the-woods hash. And long before that, there was a Big Easy hash, which served the same purpose. So it's like we're all going to get our cars and drive out an hour into some, some Shiggy where there's some swamps or something because and get out of the city and do some you know, shiggy hashing for a change mm-hmm. so that's that's the purpose of that hash that's all real hot weather hashing you gotten into the cold yeah i mean with travel hashing i've gotten some cold i, I probably first cold hash i did was a chicago a thousandth run i think uh-huh. and i met horny at that point in time and some of those chicago hashers was i think i met muffalata at that hash and that was like 99 that goes way back muffalata still actually should look her up um mm-hmm. she's been around for quite a while and then kenosha and anything and i was traveling up north i I would catch a hash up north, but I do remember once I was living in Jacksonville and I had a, a trip up to Pittsburgh area. I'm like, oh, I'm a hash in Pittsburgh with them, and so I'm getting, I'm changing flights in Atlanta. I'm like, holy hell, it's still cold here. How, how cold is it in Pittsburgh? I'm like, I don't even have the right clothing, and I'm trying to find gloves like in April because they don't sell gloves in April because I'm going to be out hashing and it's going to be cold and I need gloves. And I'm like, oh, so I had to like do a sporting store where they you know have guns and stuff. So they had. I think I bought mechanic gloves or something. It's like, oh, my God, it's still cold up here? How do these people do it? I lived up north. And I was in the Coast Guard in the Great Lakes buoy tender, um, protecting America from the Canadians, right. as you wow. know. You yeah, know it's wow. a, that's a full-time job. You weren't very good at it, huh? <laughs> well, no. Have you, most Americans haven't ever had a problem with Canadians, so I think I did a great job. <laughs> so after living and working outside in the Great Lakes buoy tender and freezing my ass off and then living in Boston and getting a snowstorm every third or fourth day, I decided to uh, live in warm places. But if I'm in a cold place and there's a hash, well, I'm going to the hash. So I've, I've run on the ice in the snow, Minnesota and Iowa and all these other places. So Yeah, the weather hasn't stopped you. Let's talk about no. those, those 50 U.S. states that you managed to check off. When did you start traveling and realize, oh, I can do them all? So I was traveling for business, and like if I had a trip somewhere, I'd try and catch the hash. And so I had, a, I think, in, in 2001, I had a trip in January or February, and I was going to uh, somewhere up in Wisconsin area. So I'm like, oh, I can catch a, uh, the, the Waukesha hash here. So I went to the Waukesha hash and did a run with them on the ice. And then I did a hash for Chicago that same week. And then I did the, we did there was a Kenosha hash, which it wasn't a Kenosha at the time, but I did a hash in Kenosha. Mm-hmm. I think I was the RA. I said, who's the RA? I said, oh, we don't know. So well, I'm the RA, goddammit. And I took over the Kenosha hash for a few hours. And then I went from there. So that was probably in January of 2001. And then at the end of 2001, I'm like, hmm, 
how many states did I hash in this past year? You know, like, oh, I hashed in 10 states this past year. That's quite a bit. So how many states can I hash if I go out of my way? Mm-hmm. So a typical thing might be if I had a trip to a business trip to Texas. Well, of course, I'm a hash in Texas. I get there a few days early. I had to be in Texas on Monday night for a conference that can be a couple of days. So I flew in on Friday because that makes perfect sense. And, mm-hmm. and rented a car on my own dime and, you know, went up and hashed in Oklahoma City, then Wichita, uh, Tornado Alley on Saturday and Sunday, and then took my tired ass back to Dallas <laughs> for my conference on, on Sunday. And that was a street transvestite. And he was living in Oklahoma City. I first met him out in, in Italy, Costa Coliseum hash. He was stationed there where he bait and switched his second wife. That's <laughs> story. <laughs> oh, this is a bait and switch. So this is a bait and switch. He's, he, he's redeemed himself in the meantime. He's living out in Italy, and he meets this beautiful Canadian woman, and they're doing hashing and traveling all over Italy because he's stationed in Italy with the Air Force. And then I run in. He's in Oklahoma City, living in a townhouse right near base. It's all dingy, crappy Oklahoma City stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, you bait and switched her. You know, you... you. <laughs> But he's retired military now and back in, in Europe, and he's in Europe for good. So he's ah. he's redeemed himself for the long term. But the, the double the switch. switch. The double yeah. switch. Oh. Yeah. So, so then I stocked up. And then so at the end of 2002, I had 20 more states. So I had 30 states altogether. So it's uh, this is going to be easy. I'm already halfway done. But unfortunately, the states are further away, more expensive to get to. Some of the states don't even have hash. It's a time Maine. Kentucky didn't have a hash at the time. Wyoming didn't have a hash. Mm-hmm. And then some hashes like Minot, North Dakota had a hash, but it took me two years to get a hold of them. Big Head's opened a hash there with uh, Hung Like a Centipede. Him and his crew opened a hash in, out there in South Dakota. So myself and Muddy Mountain Motherfucker did a road trip. We were supposed to get on a Friday. So we flew out to Tampa. This is where the hash network comes in. So we're flying out to Tampa. Supposed to be in Rapid City on Friday night. Some guy, Codes, dies on the flight from Tampa to Salt Lake City where we're changing flights. And so you do emergency landing in Dallas. And while we're on the ground, we know we're not going to make our connection. So we start calling the Salt Lake City hashers who we met the year before when we did their Moab camp out. And they said, okay, we're not going out tonight, but so-and-so's going out tonight. And they'll come pick you up. They, they put us up in the hotel. Hashers come and pick us up. They liked us so much, they sent us home in a cab. <laughs> they like, you guys are great. Here, hey, we just got your cab. Your cab's here now. So just just leave. Thank you very much for coming. We're like, uh, did they just kick us out of their city? Like, we think they did. But So then we got in our car, and we loaded up with some beer, and then we drove. As soon as we landed on, was it Saturday? Saturday. We drove straight up to Minot, North Dakota. We thought we were going to get the hash on time until we realized it was a time zone change. And so we got there a little bit late, but we did hash, and we did have a circle, and they did host us in Why Not, Why Not, North Dakota, and they were terrific. And then we, we turned around and drove back to South Dakota and hashed there on Sunday with Big Heads, and then we flew it on Monday. And I think I joined the Lakota Sioux Tribe in a bar. <laughs> there was somebody that was in the Coast Guard. Oh, I was a warrior, too, and we were doing handshakes, and we traded hats, and money was somewhere else. And he comes into this bar, and he sees this guy wearing my hat. He's like, ah. I thought they killed you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no. 
No, he gave me this Indian hat, that this, this catcher hat that he had, and, and it doesn't fit me. So I gave it to somebody else eventually because I gave a hat I loved to some guy for a hat I never liked. But it's fine. It was yeah. a very touching moment in the bar in South Dakota with Lakota Sioux Tribe. Yeah. Nice. Before we finish the state list, how did you find connections and contact information with the hat? That was before quite everybody was using Internet. So how did you find Clubs. Most clubs were using some internet. Obviously, there was the, the club directories. Sometimes I had to email people, like the Why Not My Not group. It took me a long time because it was some hasher used to live there, and I got a hold of somebody, and I talked to somebody, and I had to call somebody else. So it took a while to get a hold of people sometimes. Obviously, the bigger hashes are easier to find. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to hash in California. It's a little bit harder to hash in, you know, Utah. But the Utah hash is organized, so you need to get a hold of them. Some hashes are just hard to get to. Probably one of the funniest stories was I applied for a job. I needed to hash in, I still had, at one point, had hash in Washington, Oregon. Mm -hmm. So I, I applied for a job out there thinking, well, they'll fly me out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I'm like I didn't hear from him for a month I'm like well I guess they're not going to interview me for that and they call me up like the next day like oh hey we want to interview you're like oh you're going to pay for my flight I'm like yeah we'll pay for your flight your hotel I'm like interviews on Monday okay I'm going to fly in on Friday but don't worry uh, Saturday, I'm Saturday so I'm going to pay for my own I'm like I fly in Saturday rent a car go straight to uh, the Portland hash and hash with them check mm -hmm. another state off and then I'm like oh crap they're like what are you guys doing or just get around and do nothing I'm like okay Corvallis I had a red dress today so I drive down to Corvallis and, and I'm getting there late and I, I run around Corvallis on the college football weekend in a red dress all oh. by myself. You know, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay doing trail by myself in a dress in a city I don't know anything about. And <laughs> so I wander around for like two hours and get completely lost. And so I don't really count that as a trail I did. I saw like 10 marks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Then I wandered back to the start where the house party was, and no man below. Uh, he comes back, and he, I met him at one of the interims. Barely, barely, barely man below. That's it. Yeah, yeah. barely. Man. He comes back. He's like, "Dude, what are you doing here?" I'm like, "I was in the neighborhood." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a good time, and and uh, he's actually a great hasher. And then and then I knocked off some Seattle next day, and I did some interviewing. And I'm kind of like I kind of really want this job actually. It's be pretty good job. <laughs> but I came in second place. I found out. So oh, we hired somebody who worked for Microsoft. I'm like, well, that makes more sense. They're here local. You have to pay for their you know moving them right yeah. like okay. that. So they didn't hire me, but we had a really good meetings, and I had some uh, good hashing. So little things like that. Yeah. Um, not quite so, a not quite a bait and switch on. Yeah. No, it wasn't a bait and switch. Even though as I'm flying out there, I get a call from the family and they're like, we've talked about it. And if you get off the job, we don't want you to take it. I'm like, you know, I've got to go interview for a day and a half with people and act like I want this job. You know, you're just silly decimate. So it was 10 states, 20 states in 02, and then 10 more, and then 5-5. Five, five. So just like the state's getting harder to get to. You know, it's not like you're going to be in Alaska just by accident. Well, Alaska had a great hash of time, and, and they, they're very hospitable there. Mm -hmm. Anchorage hash, a couple hashes with them. They actually, some hashes put us up there. Their, their beer meister at the time was a Mormon, and mm -hmm. his parents didn't know he drank. So when his parents came to town, he had to take all the beer out of his garage and put it to somebody else's garage. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then... Uh, well let, let me just get you to either re no either repeat or state that because there was, there's a hasher who's been on the podcast who was not treated well as a visitor and he badmouthed them and he just said he always and Rambo from Charlottesville he had complaints about his visit there so yeah it was you know it's one of those things you show up at any hash on any day anything can happen but he thought they did a bad job of 
guest relations. Clear up the view okay. of other opinion on Anchorage. I'm going to defend Anchorage. I mean, I knew some people that moved out to Anchorage who weren't hashing anymore. When I got out there, we went and ran to some of them down south of Peninsula where an event was happening, but that was already over. And we go back up and they somebody gave us a place for me and my two kids to stay for a couple of days. And we stayed as guests in one of the hashers' houses. He was also their beer meister. He was Mormon, so his parents didn't know he drank. So when his parents visited him, he had to, they had to ship all the beer out to somebody else's garage for a week or two. He couldn't really introduce his parents to any of his friends, which is a little bit awkward. But uh, Anchorage Hash was very hospitable. Maybe it was a time frame. Maybe he was just Rambo. Maybe it's him. I'm an asshole, but maybe he's more of an asshole than I am. I don't know him that well. It's hard to say. We're sinking up. It's a triangulating story. (laughs) But maybe it was the wrong year and the wrong day. And then I hashed up in Fairbanks. There was a hash there with like three named hashers and ten non-named hashers. And uh, it was on a weekday. It was good. It was also July. So it was like, you know, it's, it's not dark out ever. and It's disorienting. When you're, you go, it's two o'clock in the morning and it's ah, light out. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird. And so you were down to five and five to get to states. What was state number 50? State number 50 was Hawaii. I had the Dakotas scheduled already. I think the Dakotas were right before then or something like that. It just, and I just, Hawaii was out there and, because hashing is easy. There's lots of hashes, but you're not going to be in Hawaii by accident, and it's expensive to go to, so I was trying to figure that one out, when to go out, and for how long. I called up a friend of mine who was a pilot, and I was just talking to her, and she's like, I'm like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm on the beach in Hawaii. So, man, I really need to go to Hawaii because I've I'm just, you know, got 47 states down. I got two scheduled, and Hawaii's out there. She goes, did you call me for a buddy pass? I'm like, well, well, I wasn't, but if you'll give me one, I'll certainly take it. So I got a, a buddy pass on Delta. But before I'm done with the phone call, I said, hey, can I get one from Muddy, too? Because, you know, he'd like to go with me. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, like you're really pushing it now. but This yeah. is this is like Animal House. Yeah. Can, like, you, hey, uh, how, can you get dates from my boyfriend? <laughs> I want to take my, my boyfriend Muddy with me, and uh, we're going to roll out there and so we got our flight schedule we we just going out for the weekend and we call up a uh, Frito-Lay and Wedgie who were living out there at the time nice. and we're like hey uh what's going on this weekend and they're like oh this is going on and that's going on you know the action Saturday blah blah blah, blah. like why are you at, why are you asking like oh because we're staying with you this <laughs> so like uh, I guess that'll work they let us stay with them and, and crash at their place and we got there on Friday I think afternoon or something like that. I don't know if they're trying to have a flight work. Yeah, because we gained time going west. And so we got in Friday afternoon. We flew out of Atlanta Friday morning. Full moon hash Friday night. Mm-hmm. And that was the 50th state. And then we did the uh, Hadahalu hash at an event on Saturday that was a little bit bigger. So that was a great time and a really nice trail. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of good career to wrap it up. Started in Waukesha in the ice fields of Waukesha and then ended in the Hawaii, in the warm sands almost. 50th state was your 50th state. Yeah. And yeah, and once you've done that, there there are some other hashers that have gone to all 50 states since then, but we're pretty sure, as far as anybody tracking it, you're the first one. Yeah, I think so. I, I never heard anyone else even attempting it, but once I tell people I was attempting like, oh, I want to do that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a few other people. There was one guy who, when you did Colorado and uh, Inner Americas, his only hash left was Wyoming, and so we, wow. I actually haired a hash in Wyoming, which 
post lube mm-hmm. for the Colorado. We had probably 25 people show up while I stayed at this hotel over there in State Capitol. Cheyenne. Whatever State Capitol was. Yeah. The university. It's a place I don't need to go back to ever. So the first Wyoming hash was in Evanston, and we did that with the Moab hash. So we did a Moab camp out, and then we talked to a couple of people, uh, such as Short Round, to come with us to Evanston where we got a hotel room. And Evanston's just right over the border, like 10 miles from Utah. So we just drove up to Evanston. Ah. So we did Moab. We camp out weekend, uh, Utah check. And then we did Sunday night. We drove up and did Evanston. Woke up in Evanston, drove out to Boise, Hashton, Idaho on Monday night, and then turned around and drove back on Tuesday to fly out Salt Lake. So it's like a road trip you can knock off three states in, you know, four or five days. Nice. Outside of America and Bahrain, where else have you made it? I've had about 25 different countries. So I do love getting out there. I had uh, trips to Korea. I had a business trip to Korea, which worked out pretty well because like, the business ended on Friday night. And so Saturday, I'm like, okay, I'll pay for my own hotel room for a day. And I caught Youngson Kimchi in the morning and then Seoul Men's in the afternoon. I was planning to go to an art museum and use some cultural stuff, but they're like, no, the hash this afternoon is going to be legendary. It's <laughs> lost his balls last hash. And he's been like our GM for like the last two years or something. I'm like, okay, I'll go to the hash. And so they go to the museum. And it was a good hash. So it was a great time. And we ended up on drinking and Gay Hill or something like that at the end of the night. And so it was just a perfect time. Mm-hmm. Uh, both those hashes are actually excellent. And so Hong Kong, they were there for a week just uh, doing tourist stuff. And uh, it was a conference I wasn't really at. But I did like probably four or five hashes in a week in Hong Kong. Really good, you know, old school British hashing, you know, run five, six miles, try and keep up with the old British guys, mm-hmm. have a few beers afterwards and go home. You know, very, very civilized. China, then four hashes in China in a week I was over there for work. Uh, some places in uh, hashed in Stuttgart, Germany, uh, Zurich, uh, a couple places in the UK, Paris once, Vienna, mm-hmm. did a hash there, did their 1500 run. That was a great time. Uh, really beautiful country. Hash run. A little bit hillier than Florida, you know, for us flatlanders going out to Colorado yeah. over to the so mountains is not our favorite, but uh, you get through it. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. What about your collection of hash? memorabilia and t-shirts from all these places i don't collect a lot if i go to a hash and they have a a hash patch for the hash i'll pick that up and i have a vest which i very rarely wear that has a bunch of hash patches on it from the old days t-shirts i generally wear them out and if i find i'm not wearing them very often i give them to new hashers like i'll Mm -hmm. just bring four or five hashers and they want a hash shirt and and they'll grab them and and i won't buy hash shirts or events or things or clubs I didn't go to, so it's kind of my thing. But other people will, so it's good for them. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a huge pile of hash attire. I do have bins and bins of costumes, because I used to live in New Orleans, and I do have a boat bike. So I don't want to say I'm, I'm lacking equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel extremely heavy on road trips, because I usually bring the boat bike with me if it's a flat place like New Orleans or South Florida or Savannah. What about patches? Patches, just generally collect the ones, the clubs. You know, I'm kind of old school, I guess. I, I like for a trail to patch challenges, <laughs> yeah. circle the jello shots, and try and do fitness and drinking. You know, so I guess I'm a little bit of a dinosaur with that. Anybody's hashed this period for three days. Decades coming on now is going to know hashers who have died and gone on. So who are a couple people that, that you know from the older days or people that had unfortunate ends that were big hashers to you? 
a local guy, uh, KGB, was a Jack Tasher. He was just a terrific guy. He was my best friend, but I wasn't his best friend. Yak was his best friend because they're brothers. But he was probably best friends to 10 people. So he was yeah. definitely missed when he passed in an accident. I heard Tooth Fairy being talked about recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tooth Fairy and I were friends, and I stopped by and seen him a couple of times once he uh, had a cancer diagnosis. And I think his ashes have been four places, but at some point you need to talk to Dallin Dirty because she'll remember all the details about that. RV asked me to run the circle up in Savannah, his memorial hash. And I'm like, why do you want me to run it? I'm not even Savannah hash. She goes, oh, because you run circle like an asshole. <laughs> like tooth fairy. Like, well, that's true. I do want circle like an asshole. <laughs> and so that uh, sir there talking about how they did a black dress hash for him. It was kind of very sedate. But I'll tell you, the tooth fairy one in Savannah was because he, a tooth fairy founded the Savannah hash. Yeah. And he's founded Oklahoma City, a right. founder of that one. And he also was Tidewater initially. And he was living in Melbourne when he passed. So I think that's the four places ashes. But, but they mix his ashes into the flower and they're all sitting around in one place. And they had Everyone grabbed some flowers and said, oh, we want everyone to put a mark down with Tooth Fairy. And it was like 30 people with a bit of, like, flower in one hand. And they just, everybody just threw it on each other. So uh. they spread Tooth Fairy's ashes all over each other in some weird cultural <laughs> phenomenon. Um, at the end, I ran that circle, and everyone told stories about Tooth and, and what an asshole he was. And, and then people said he traveled overseas. So, like, yeah, he was an international asshole, too. So that was yeah. good. And then after circle, no one saw me again. Like people, where were you out to circle? Said, well, I was kind of really drunk when doing all the down downs in circle, and I went out in the woods to pee, and, and I got lost for a couple <laughs> of hours. <laughs> But that's not unusual for you. you. You'll go run trail by yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm going to trail myself. But this wasn't trail. There was no marks. I just walked, <laughs> walked probably 20 feet in the woods to pee, and I turned the wrong direction and walked, and, and I was out in the woods, and, and I was crawling through Shiggy, and I got back, and I'm just I'm just going to bed. My night's done. I've had enough of this. And so be like, you never saw you. I said, no, no one saw me. I was doing my own trail, and I was lost. So that wasn't good. But they can't rename you when your name is Doofus. Yeah. So it's it's pretty good that way. So, Have you ever gotten hurt on trail? A lot of blood. Nothing too serious. No, not not as bad as my rugby concussions. Because playing rugby, you know, after my first hash was in Bahrain, before I started hashing steady in 97, I was still playing rugby and grew up into college playing football. So I tackle like a football player, not a rugby player, which means I use my head first, and it's not a good idea. And so once I had enough concussions, I said, okay, I'm done with rugby. Now I have a half line. I'll be a hasher. So I was 97. That was my big transition. So yeah, compared to rugby, it's a very safe sport. Who sings more for in, your, in the clubs you've been with, rugby or hashing? Rugby happens all at the end, and there's always good songmeister too. So it's it's good, and it's usually very controlled to, to drink up. Uh, so the culture's the same. You know, play rugby and then drink beers with the guys you played against, which is a little bit different because you're you know practically running into each other and slamming each other to the ground, and then you're having beers together. But I do like that aspect of it that it's you know it's a game, and you know hashing obviously the challenge is not other people, it's it's the environment, it's figuring out a way to get through whatever's at hand, whether it's a swamp or a mountain or a hill or shiggy you gotta crawl through. I mean that's the challenge of the whole thing. Basic human challenge. Yeah. You know, in the normal environment we're not challenged a whole lot in the average day. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of challenge to go through a drive through. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh look, the remote's not working well. I gotta replace the batteries. Oh my God. This is awful. <laughs> 
Hard so uh, I think the, the challenge getting out there in the woods or anything else it really brings us back to a natural environment. And I mean, there's something called nature bathing, which is go out in nature and walk around and, and admire it. But I think our ancestors were paying attention and had a, an objective, usually not just to walk around and, and be present. Mm-hmm. This may not make it in the podcast, but over time, Florida man, Florida hasher, there's been some DUIs and drinking laws that can interrupt hashing. How's that figured in the U.S. as DUI laws come you up? Know, DUIs and hashing, it's, it's been a tricky thing. It's opened people up to alternative beverages. People drinking soda and water is much more common than hash than it used to be. Not having people do a full down-downs. You know, a down-down could be as much as you want to put in your cup. You want to put two ounces in there, that's your down-down. I think that's – and that's just smart. And I think we've all known people who have gotten DUIs. I, unfortunately, have not got one. I can't say just because I'm smart. It's probably because I'm also lucky sometimes. But I will say that I have seen people get DUIs, and there was one person, lovely once, who was drunk at a bar. It wasn't even a hash. And my thing is, anyone ever tells you you're too drunk to drive, you're too drunk to drive. Because I've seen, like, two or three times, you're too drunk to drive. I'm fine. Like, you're not fine. You should. I'll give you a ride to your house. Like, no, fuck you. And then they get a DUI. You're like, yeah. Saw that coming. (laughs) You know, I think personally, if I'm in doubt, I'll throw my keys somewhere and and take a nap or something or do something else or take an Uber. I mean, if I'm really in doubt, you gotta, you gotta be smart about this and you gotta be stopping drinking at some point, you know, and and stopping the ratchet and, and being smart about it. The enforcement of that around the world keeps increasing. The hash has changed because of that a little bit. Like you said, can be small down downs or just different choices. What else changed in the hash since you've seen it over these decades? I think the the one thing in the hash is obviously the the British influence overseas is so strong, and that's been fading in a lot of hashes as it became more Americanized or even more localized from that. And I think the trend towards more people walking, uh, I do a lot of focusing on fitness here and there, and I cut 40 pounds four years ago. Cool. And I did a 5K recently, an organized run, the first time mm. in oh, 30 years. I mean, my time wasn't good. I got passed by a 72-year-old man towards the end. Mm-hmm. But he had both legs? Yeah, he was, he was in a wheelchair. He passed me on two feet. <laughs> yeah, there was, there's a picture of us that somebody put on Facebook, me next to this old man. If you didn't know, you might think that I'm passing him, and I'm in my 50s, and he's like almost 20 years old. If you didn't know, you might yeah. think I'm passing him, but if you know, he was passing me. <laughs> I felt I felt good about just going out there and, and being able to run three miles again. And something I had done a long time in an organized event. And so I'm going to try and, and keep that up on some level. To fitness. But I think that my gripe, and I started a fitness, Fittish H3, kind of with the Soberish H3. and has a bunch of members, but it's very inactive because people don't want to post on it. And, and a lot of people don't want to mention that, you know, a whole bunch of people overweight and walking is not what the hash used to be. And, and that's what a lot of it is now. It's better to be walking than it is not to be. But the question is, is the ratchet? So back in Jacksonville today in the summer of hashing, you know, people were out there running three or four times a week and then drinking all night and then trying to work the next day. That's unsustainable. I mean, it was amazing what happened. It was also unsustainable. I think there's a ratchet that happens with us because the hash is so much fun and it's so much better than sometimes other things do. You know, what attracts people to hash? You see these people go to hash and they've never seen that kind of camaraderie. 
or that type of group before and they just love it and they mm-hmm. want to do more and more of it. But then, you know, you're doing drinking practice twice a week and you're hashing twice a week and then you might hang out with people and go drinking again. And so you're drinking five days a week and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not good. And so the question is, how do you balance out having a job or being functional, even if you're retired or something and having the hash and, and staying in enough shape so you can go run the trail? And, and there was a guy, Dick kind of stick who passed away years ago in Jacksonville. They still have a their memorial pub crawl for him on July 3rd. I was just at that. And he was fat. I mean, he never did trail. He smoked. He drank. He did drugs. He my overdose. I don't know how he got that shit. But, you know, it's like, oh, he had a heart attack at 42. I mean, this guy had a military pension starting at like 38 and he was dead wow. in the early 40s. But it was like, does this surprise anyone? The man never left. I mean, he'd drive to the beer truck, you know, like he followed the beer <laughs> truck and he'd sit there and smoke and drink the whole time. I cohered his, I was in the Jacksonville. I cohered with him for his naming trail. And I'm like, yeah, you want to cohere with him? I'm like, I guess though, so. I'm just visiting. I haven't scouted anything. It's like in these office parts. And I'm like, so I have a, I'm like hey, hey, what's your plan? He goes, well, we're going to go over there. Or we're going to go over there. And then we go to. So I was like, so your whole plan is not to leave the parking lot? <laughs> yes, yeah, my plan. I'm like, wait, did you scout this? I mean, come on. So I'm like, okay, just walk up this street about a mile and I'll meet you up there. And I just took the flower and I ran around through apartment complexes and office buildings and jumped about six or seven fences. And then we did the same thing in reverse order. Mm. And, and people were like, did he do that? Trails? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not way he climbed those 10 fences. Like, oh, sure he did. Prove he did. You know, but it's like, no. When he died, I'm like, well, this is a surprise. I mean, you can do the math on these things. But how do we balance people, the fitness part of the aspect? I mean, the, and I have fitness is because that was one of the first things in the hash. The first thing was, you know, keep the members fit is yeah. to go out there and run around. And then we can have some beers afterwards and, and feel like we earned it. You know, rather than just, it's easy to buy beer. It's not, you don't have yeah. to go run five miles to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Doofus White Boy and I talked for a long time, so I'm going to break this podcast into two parts. This is the end of Doofus White Boy, part one. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher history, hasher stories. New episodes every week. Until next time, On On, this is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming forth to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot.